Hello, and good morning to you. I'm Bruce. And I'm Mike. And we're with Tech Connect. And Tech Connect is very important to you, and you may not realize that now, but after you're listening to a series of our podcasts about the kinds of technologies that are available to you every day, whether it be for entertainment, education, employment, or just information and research. All these things will come together in our conversations with you so that you appreciate how much more these devices can add to your life. And we're baby boomers, just like you. Basically, this is baby boomers talking to baby boomers about the new technology. So sit back, relax, and listen. Hello, I'm Bruce. Hey, and I'm Michael. And today on our podcast, we're going to talk to you about TVs, televisions. They're not your old television that you used to get back in the day with the big tube and the three channels and UHF channel when you got the box. Today, we're talking to you about what are called smart TVs. And smart TVs, they're smart because they actually are computers with big screens. And that's exactly what they are. And just like, we've talked about televisions briefly before, but we want to do a little bit deeper dive today because it is still a very expensive um, electronic consumer device that you have in your home. Um, You shouldn't take them lightly. They have a lot of, they're very feature rich now. And that's the most important thing we want to talk about today is that don't take your TV purchase for granted and just don't buy what the salesperson is trying to push towards you. You need to be cognizant of some of the things that we're going to talk about today to help you make a better purchase decision. And one of the first things you might want to think about when selecting your TV is the first thing is basically the size of the screen. Oh, yeah. You can compare that screen size to the price points but basically the size of the screen depends on what size room you're going to put the television in uh, how many people are going to be sitting there watching the television at the same time in general and sometimes just because you want a big screen so you can see the football game better but whatever your reasons are one of the first things to talk about is the screen size But let's back up a little bit, Mike, and I wanted to talk a little more about why the smart TVs are actually computers. And what what things are you thinking about when you think about a computer today? Yeah, well, I think about all the things I can do. And well, it's interesting that you say that because as I get older, I have less need of a computer. (laughs) <laughs> right, right, right. Our traditional computer that we think of in terms of a desktop yeah. with a monitor and a keyboard and a mouse. Um, basically, I've, I've lived my life now is through a TV, a tablet, and a cell phone. But here again, back to your point about this being a uh, computer, it has all of those ingredients of what makes a computer. And obviously, the most important thing that makes the computer is that it's got microprocessors, okay. CPUs. right. And uh, when you, once you got the CPU in there and it starts to take programming languages, that basically is the foundation of what a computer is. Yeah. Uh, before the analog TVs, there were no CPUs. It was all vacuum tubes, <laughs> transistors and capacitors. And 
Remember that gas they use inside the tubes to keep it going. Right. <laughs> yeah, I but remember was, those. Nothing digital at all. It was all analog. But here, because of the fact that they are now microprocessor-based, at any size television now, they all got chips in them. They're computers. Right. And they have operating systems. Uh, LG TVs operate on a web OS system. Samsung is Tizen, is that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roku TVs come with TCL. They are with TCL and Hisense. Those are the TVs that make the the companies that make the Roku TV. Uh, Alexa has Amazon. Uh, what is it called? Amazon. Uh, I forgot the name of it. I'll look that up. But Android is also has. Uh, so Google makes a TV that uses the Android TV system. So they all have microprocessors and operating systems and that's some of the basics of what make it a smart tv which makes it a computer that you can use for a lot of different things i mean you can use your tv now a smart tv to get on the internet and do research yep you can actually connect to a lot of the tvs they have bluetooth and you can connect a bluetooth keyboard to them so you don't have to use the virtual keyboard that's on the screen mm -hmm. which can be a pain in the butt oh, yeah. uh, but they usually have virtual keyboards they have uh, you can attach different devices to them like bluetooth keyboards and mouses uh, and they connect directly to the internet and that's about the most important thing and the fact of the matter is uh, as, as a result of the microprocessors and operating system it's the apps that come with the TV. Yeah. Uh, so two ways you can get the apps. The apps are built internally because of the operating systems that are with the television. They include those apps. And then also, if you want to augment or enhance your TV, you can always buy an external streaming device like a Roku or a Fire TV stick or whatever. And so because of those capabilities, you now have access, like you said, to the internet. And that means you also have access to a browser. So just like you were saying before, once you have that browser, you can do your check your email. Okay, you can look at PDF files because there's an app for that now for televisions. It's just amazing how much more you can do with the TV now that replaces a traditional desktop computer or even a laptop computer. And if you have cloud storage like a mm -hmm. Dropbox or or any of the other uh, Apple, Apple iCloud, iCloud, then you can also have your TV go to the cloud storage and pull down files and or pictures that you want to see. And you can do that also if you have a Fire Stick or Roku uh, device connected to your TV. But again, the TV, the television is more than just what we used to looking at television shows. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so think about that when you're when you're in the market now for a new TV, think about those things. The price points are, they're not that ridiculous at this point. After you get, uh, when you get up to a 55 inch TV, you're usually going to be talking in the $500 range, $400. Yes. Yeah. You, yeah. You do see them. For yeah. That. Yeah. And they're just as good as some of the other ones. And we're going to talk about some of the, things to look for with regard to your the type of TV you buy 
at this point in time. And we'll get into that in a moment. But again, what we want you to do is to start thinking about these devices in a different way. Your smartphone is not just a phone, okay? It's a device that you can do a myriad of things with that help you in your life, help make your life easier, help you be more knowledgeable about different subjects because you can do research on it quickly. I mean, you could be sitting anywhere in a crowd and uh, sitting around with your friends talking about anything and somebody can say something and you don't remember the actual information regarding that and say, hey, Google, and look it up. And now everybody knows the facts of that subject, whatever you were talking about. So it's amazing some of the things you can do. Well, the television is another one of those devices that you can have in your home. Most of us are going to have one in our home. But it's a device that will help you in your daily life. So start thinking about it from that standpoint, not just something to watch uh, Law and Order on. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, uh, now that uh, Amazon and Alexa are in the TV game, so now the use of your voice is going to control a lot of the capability of the television in terms of turning it on or off, channel selection, the volume, whether you're going to watch live TV or watch a streaming channel, it's all voice activated now. So your need for the remote becomes less and less. And here again... And you remember how you always had to look for the remote in the first place. <laughs> and a lot of times, it was days before I found it. So the voice activation is very nice. Right. But uh, now that we talked about some of the, the highlights of what this device is now, it's now integrated with all your other consumer electronic devices. Let's just do a little bit deeper dive as to, like you talked about the screen size, but there's some other features that you'll see on the box when you buy a TV that might give you some concern that you don't understand what they really mean. So Bruce and I are gonna talk about some of the, the terms that they use on the box, and they all talk about the operating system for one of those things. They don't talk about the microprocessors, but they will talk about the operating system, and they'll talk about the apps but the other acronyms that you'll see on the box that you go, hmm, what is that and what's it for? What does it do? So, Bruce, if you could just talk about, you know, the resolution. Okay. Yeah, at this point in time, (laughs) there's only one resolution TV to buy, and that's what's called 4K. I don't know what the K stands for. What is it? Uh, I, I guess the... The, the, the number 4,000. <laughs> right. You know, is it 4,000 4, right. resolution. Yeah, okay. Right. And the pixels that go with it. Right. But they also have, they're bringing out now what is called 8K TVs. And what the resolution, the 4K resolution is actually talking about is how clear, how precise the image is that you're seeing on the TV. And since some of us are older and we might be wearing reading glasses, etc., a good resolution TV will help you watch it more comfortably yeah. and be able to see the details of different items that are, are shown on you the want to strain on the your screen. eyes as much. Right. <laughs> so, but at this point in time, 8K, although 
of course, 8K is supposed to be double the resolution of a 4K. And it looks good. And they look good. If you're in the Best Buy store or some uh, electronic store and you look at the 4Ks, they have put up some type of YouTube clip or some type of photograph that shows you the capabilities, the resolution on the 8K. The problem is <laughs> that right now there is no content out there with 8K resolution. So you're not going to be able to buy a DVD or a Blu-ray uh, de uh, device or movie that has 8K, that was done in 8K resolution. Yeah. There are no TV shows or uh, app streaming shows that have 8K resolution. So right now, 8K is a lot more expensive, but it's not that useful at this time. Now, of course down the line of course they're going to be bringing out uh the tv shows and movies etc that will use utilize that 8k resolution but it's not there yet so if you're in the market right now for a tv 4k resolution is what you should probably look at and and you will see a big difference between a 4k tv and the ones that we've gotten used to call HD or high definition TVs, and their resolution is what we call 1080p. Right. And you'll say, well, I have one now, it's good, but it's only when you look at it in terms of a comparison, right. you go, wow, this HD 1080p TV is blurry. Right. Compared to my 4K. <laughs> 4K TV. Yeah. That's when you see the difference. As you will see, as Bruce said, even with the 8K TV. But here again, no content. Now, if you're gonna be satisfied with about five pieces of videos you'll see on YouTube, or you'll see somebody climbing a mountain and they got the special photography equipment to give you 8K, that's about the extent of your content, right. which you see demonstrated in the store. So the 4K resolution is fine. Uh, the good part about it, there are other attributes of a television that enhances the capacity of the 4K TV, and it's what we call HDR. Now, HDR is basically it stands for High Dynamic Range. And all it basically does, it just makes the colors on your TV screen a little bit more realistic. And you get a little more contrast. And also, when you're watching high-action sports or, or movies, HDR is very important. So that contrast and color is, a mu is much more vibrant. And it's a feature that your TV should have. Now, there are variations of HDR, this HDR 10 plus and all kinds of variations, but at a minimum, it needs to be an HDR television. So make sure that that terminology is on the box you're gonna be when you buy a television. Yeah, and that's, and that's definitely something you're concerned about. If this television that you're looking at is going to be your living room or your den, television where you're going to be actually sitting down and watching programs if you're just hanging it in the kitchen you might not worry about that so mm -hmm. much in fact you might not worry about having a 4k resolution if you're just putting casually it, watching it casually there, watching you're baking something right but if this is going to be the tv that you sit down relax in front of or the one that you're going to sit down and watch the uh, super bowl or the the uh, world series in front of then this you're going to be concerned about that oh, yeah. you want the hdr you want 4k and the next thing you're going to be looking at is the refresh rate now you see you'll see that on the tv box uh 60 hertz or 120 hertz refresh rate 
the the faster, the higher the refresh rate is, the better. So you can look at compare uh, the prices, but you don't think they increase that much as the refresh no, not rate. Not really, but here again, about up. a choice between sixty versus one twenty, or even some of them even have two forty. Right, right. Uh, higher is better. Right. It's just as simple as that. You know, it's like a, like a car. You like. You want, you want the one with the, with the speedometer that goes up to 250 miles right? versus 100 miles per hour. And the, the uh, but like I said, base 60 hertz. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't get anything okay. less than yeah. 60 hertz. And 120 hertz is, is fine. Is, is fine. Yeah. And what the refresh rate is actually talking about is it provides a smoother motion for everything from movies and shows to live sports and gaming. So in other words, yeah, the gaming, activities yeah, don't the look chap, choppy. Yeah, especially okay? gaming. That's really important for right. gaming. So like I said, if you're using the TV for gaming and you're into gaming, then you want the highest refresh rate mm-hmm. that you can afford. But otherwise, if you're just watching movies and, and sports events, then the 120 hertz is going to be fine but again the higher it is the better it is because of the fact that it makes the action look smoother and not as choppy now bruce you know when you talk about the screens and the size that we talked about in the resolution what about the actual type of screen it is you know because typically most tvs are what we call lcd tvs but what about the leds and now you have what's called the q led tvs how important are those attributes of a television? I don't know. I don't know why you asking me about that. You know more about that than I do. <laughs> oh, you didn't do your homework. I, I didn't do my you homework. You didn't do his homework. <laughs> Tell me about that, I Mike. What about, <laughs> what about those OLEDs and those LED TVs? Well, well, one thing I can tell you about those TVs, the O's and the Q's, it costs a lot more oh, money. Okay, all right. Well, they that much I do know. <laughs> But no, here again, it gets back to how clear the clarity of the screen. And so it's that membrane that separates you from what we see on TV versus our reality or what you expect to see if you're walking through the woods. Hmm. And you see a vision of walking through the woods and you look so clear, you think you're actually in, in the, the woods. woods. Right. And that's what those screens do for you. It just brings that, that life-like look. It brings a lot more reality to the picture experience itself. But... Uh, you know, LED is fine. OLED, OLED, QLED, uh, QLED being the most expensive television. Right. And you'll find that most of your 8K TVs that come out will probably be all QLED, QLED TVs. But you could get a 4K TV with QLED. That's correct. It just jumps the price. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, significantly. All right. <laughs> That's the problem. And some of the other things that you might look at are the number of HDMI ports on the TV. And Mike and I were talking about that before we uh, started the podcast. A couple of HDMI ports, the more HDMI ports the TV has, the better. Yes. But we don't hook as many things to our TVs now as we used to have to. Like, you might have, uh, if you have two HDMI ports, you might have a gaming machine Mm -hmm. hooked to one. And you might put a Fire Stick or a Roku on the other one. And that's about all you need. You're not going to use necessarily Blu-ray players anymore because you stream 
yeah. lot more than you are going to go buy a DVD and put it in a player. However, like we said, the more HDMI ports the TV has, the better. Right. I just wouldn't worry about it so much because you can also buy extenders for the HDMI port. Right. Where you put it in and you, it has four, four slots ports. on it. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't worry about that so much, but the, the companies are starting to skimp on the HDMI ports just because they can save a little money. There you go. But that it is not as important as having a good refresh rate, let's put it that way. Uh, as far as the sound on the TVs? Well, you know, on the, tele- on the television, well, first of all, no television, I don't care how much you pay for it, the speakers are crap. Right. You can pay $8,000 for a TV. The sound, there's just, just not enough space in a television to give you the volume of space you need right. for a good that woofer sound. Yeah. And expect, in fact, look at the size of a TV now. <laughs> look at the, the depth of them. They're yeah. like a few inches gotta, deep. Uh, so uh, you uh, can't add no room to put. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to get that sober for sound. Right. It's right. not going to happen. But, uh, but the key thing is there are uh, multiple ways you can connect some external speakers to the television. Now, they, you might find some televisions, actually I would think all these TVs now, have what's called the optical input. And the optical input is really nice when you get yourself a very good high-end sound bar system. And that's typically between about $300 to $1,000 we use the optical input. And that is because now the sound is truly digital sound. So you'll really get a lot more enjoyable spatial sound. The audio is going to be a lot more improved. The bass response is going to be smoother because it's now a totally digital connection between the TV and the external sources of speaker. Now, it could be a fully blown uh, surround sound system, but today's uh, sound bar systems are wonderful. And here again, you don't have to make a major investment. If you have a $300 sound bar system versus a $1,000 sound bar system, most people won't be able to distinguish between the value between one versus another, except one's You've got a bigger subwoofer, and it's prettier looking. It's got more capability, more connectivity to it. But that's the key. You can actually co- uh, connect computer speakers to a television. You know, if you got some old computer speakers that still sound good, you got a 2.1 sound system, meaning you got two satellite speakers and a subwoofer, and they sound good. You can connect them to the TV as well too, and just use what we call the headphone port. Mm-hmm. But the difference between those speakers and an elliptical, I mean optical sound, is that it's analog. And there's a difference between analog sound and digital sound. They'll sound great, but there's a difference. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've even used a portable Bluetooth speakers as an external sound source for TVs to give it a little extra oomph. Because here again, anything you have external to a TV is gonna sound better than the speakers that are built inside the TV. And when you go into a TV, when you first buy it, and it gives you all these programming features, and you'll see where sound is one of those choices. They have all these extraordinary proprietary terms to improve the sound. Dolby. Dolby and uh, <laughs> spatial sure. and all those words you see in there, you push them buttons, and yeah, it'll change the sound, but it's not gonna be really great. You gotta get an external source of your sound to improve the listening experience for television. Yeah, so generally think in terms of buying a inexpensive sound bar with your your tv unless you really are going all out 
then you could get yourself the uh, soundbar that uses the optical connection, which are going to be more expensive. Uh, extended warranties on televisions and computers. I generally I'm say no. <laughs> no extended warranty for anything. Most of these devices now, like the your laptops and your tablets. I mean, I have a I have the first iPad that I purchased. <laughs> uh, it still, which it was in 2011. Oh, yeah, 2012, 2010. 10, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that device still works. I can't upgrade the operating system anymore, so a yeah. lot of apps won't work. That's what makes it obsolete. Yeah. But it will still connect to the internet. Yep. Yeah. I can still stream music. I can still use a camera. I can still use the camera. <laughs> I can still... and Listen to music. Listen to music. Watch videos. Right. So a lot of these devices now, they're going to last as for quite some time and if they don't the price points are such that eh, you probably will have spent more paying for the warranty <laughs> the extended warranty than uh than saving the money and yeah. buying a new device when that one goes so for most of the time when they're in and you're in a best buy or someplace like that and they try to sell you the extended warranty for most items that we're talking about, that we like to talk about, the, the digital items, I would say no yep. uh, to the extended warranty. Well, think about the original iPad that you bought back in 2010, and your extended warranties usually last about two years. Right. So in that time, you would have had five warranties. You can, <laughs> right. You can, of course, you could buy a brand new tablet for that money. Right. And it'll be better than the one that you own. Correct. For the extended warranty money. Yeah. So, like I said, I would generally... And a lot of times with the televisions and things of that nature, especially if you buy them in a, at a, a box store, they're going to be trying to sell you the extended warranty. Uh, for the most part, I would not take the extended warranty. Now, now Mike, is there anything else you wanted to talk about on around these smart televisions? Well, yeah. Just you know, The key thing is... There's going to be some significant changes in a TV transmission coming up. You know, we talk about uh, TV 2.0. Well, now it's going to be TV 3.0. And if you were to buy a TV today, you would not be able to... Well, some TVs may be equipped with that new technology for the new transmission technology. And if you buy a television today and it doesn't have it, don't worry about it. You can always buy an external device that's going to upgrade the tuner capability of the television. Now, if you are continuing to be a cable TV subscriber, I don't know why, but if you are, <laughs> it will be inherently included in your cable TV subscription service. But if it does not have the new tuner 3.0 that's coming out, I think in another year or so, they're starting to roll out in major cities across the country as we speak now. And you can buy an external tuner to your old TV so you can take advantage of those new signals. Now, what's happening is that with these new signals, you can now get 4K TV over the air. So if you got yourself a good TV antenna, along with this tuner, you can actually get a 4K experience without having to use streaming content. It's free over the air stuff that you'll see on TV soon. Uh, that, that's gonna be very important. Uh, also, just remember that through your phone, 
and through your tablet and computers, your TV can actually capture that signal. So you can actually mirror or what we call simulcast from your device to the television. So what we're talking about now is what's inherent in our name of being Tech Connect is always about connectivity. That is the foundation of what we're always talking about is how do things connect with each other. Right. And the TV now is, is just as inclusive of all the other consumer electronic devices, such as your desktop or laptop, your cell phone and tablet, that whole universe of devices that we call your, your digital ecosystem is what makes these things combine and connect with each other. And they all support each other in a multitude of ways. I mean, and there's so many ways we can spend a week just talking about the variations of connectivity with these devices. But just know that your TV ain't your grandpa's TV no more. And it's not your grandma's TV. It's not my old TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about that? As I go back to the day with the rabbit ears and three stations, okay? Mm -hmm. And we've lived long enough, thankfully, to see this whole transition. But it's a different device now. And it's important that you understand that it's more to it than just watching soap operas and a lot of commercials. and A, a lot of commercials. <laughs> right. They look good, though. The commercials look good. And again, though, I want to caution mm -hmm. everyone. When you talk about that new uh, broadcasting, broadcasting transmission. transmission service, you're talking about TVs that are over the air. You're talking about over the air transmission. Right. Go so if you're TV. connected to a cable yep. or you're using a, uh, a streaming device, a streaming device mm -hmm. that is not a concern. Right. But if you want to watch over the air, then you're going to need uh, to either buy that get that box to connect to mm -hmm. your old TV to your TV or buy a new TV that has the uh, higher oh just like we did when it went from analog to digital right you had to buy those external boxes right until we bought a TV that was included same thing right so that's what the world of television look like Bruce yeah and uh, so we'll be back to talk to you again and again, I'm going to ask that if you have any ideas of subjects that you would like us to talk about, just send us a text uh, email. I'm sorry, email, and uh, we'll we'll incorporate that information into one of our podcasts. So again, I'm Bruce. I'm Michael, and we'll see you the next time. Cool. Go. Okay, folks. Another piece of information that we failed to tell you earlier is our contact information. You can reach Tech Connect, that's T-E-C-H-C-O-N-E-C-T, -E -E Tech Connect, and you can reach us by phone at 484-918-0158. Once again, that's 484-918-0158, or by email. And the email address is techconnect720 at gmail.com. That's T-E-C-H-C-O-N-E-C-T 720 at gmail.com. So we invite you to get in contact with us and uh, so we can assist you with what your needs are. And thank you.